Hello, welcome to the Dear Writer podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Ashley. We're two aspiring collaborative authors sharing our writing journey with you. The ups, the downs, and everything in between. Whether you're just starting out or a more experienced writer, we hope that you'll find this podcast inspiring and thought-provoking. And here's the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Dear Writer. Today we are recording episode 112, which is a continuation of our craft episode um, and we're looking at uh, series and sequels today um, as I said just continuing on from last week. Yeah and last week we talked about what makes writing a series different to writing a standalone novel and we went over some of the pros and cons of writing a series and then uh, we also took a look at some of the writing-related things you should consider before embarking on your journey of writing a series, so things like genre and plot and character. And today, we're going to continue that discussion and talk about some of the practical techniques that you can use to write and plan a series. So we should probably jump straight in. And the first thing I thought we could talk about is what stage should you decide to write a series so should you think about it before you begin after you've written your first book or you know when do we think is the best time to decide to write I guess more than one book Sarah Uh, so I think generally speaking um at least from my perspective is that I would have it in mind right from the start Um, Though it it does depend a little bit on what type of series you're writing. So last time we talked about the different types of series. So if you need to have a rundown, then you can go back and listen to part one. So for me, like an interlinked series is probably the easiest to decide off the cuff. So if you're not 100% sure, but then, you know, you happen to be writing a standalone and then like a random character jumps out at you who maybe didn't get as much screen time in the first book then changing it into a series from the perspective of a new character isn't too hard as you're really telling a different story. But for both episodic and serial or dynamic series, I think there should be more thought. And when I was considering this question, I kind of thought, well, why episodic? Why would you need more thought if you can just jump into it at like any point in the series? But then I realized that Because with episodic series, the character growth isn't as obvious or follows a longer arc. And, you know, in order for you to start at any point in the series, the character has to be more static because it wouldn't make sense to jump into the middle of a series when a character's had like a ton of personal growth and you mix X, Y, and Z. And really that's what separates episodic from a dynamic or serial series, which is why In the episodic series, the characters are kind of more static and don't really follow the same character growth arc. But due to this, I think it's required to know beforehand whether you're making a series because a standalone with very little character development won't be very effective because you kind of need that character development in a standalone. Um, Or conversely, if you have a ton of character development in the first book but then make it an episodic series with no further development, then it's going to be really confusing for the readers because they're going to be like, well, we started off in this kind of serial dynamic format and then ended up with a static character for the rest of the series. So that's going to be kind of weird off the bat. (laughs) Um, So I kind of think it is 
really required for an episodic series to know what you're writing and whether you're writing that type of thing right from the start. I was going to jump in and say it's quite an interesting perspective because it's like rather than, you know, you don't like you want to have character development. It's like the flip side. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like the opposite thinking, but it does make sense. Because um, at the start, I was like, I'm interested to see where you're going with this. But I think you're right. It's something that you would miss if it was going to be a standalone rather than an episodic series. Mm-hmm, exactly. And yeah, like I was like, oh, but you know, you can have like character development in an episodic series. And then I was like, well, actually, you can't have too much because then it does make it a dynamic or serial series because then you're going from point A with the character to point B with the character. So you're following like that linear setup and you can't just start in the middle of like that lineation. <laughs> like, so I, I realized that that was the definition between the two and, and why you get those episodic series with like Clive Cussler and, and with, Lee Child kind of series where it's like just this character he's on like a mission or whatever I was going to continue on to like the dynamic and serial series and I feel like this is kind of dependent on the way you write and uh, for me you know like I think it makes sense to know that you're writing it from the outset because if your character is going to go through some massive changes over the course of the whole series, it's important to know where they start out at and where you want them to end up. Though I know a lot of people do pants based on their gut feeling, like maybe you get to the end of book one and realize that even though the character has solved one problem, they've got a whole lot more growth to do and more adventures to go on. (laughs) Um, I do think that's harder though, because to get the structure right, you end up with a lot more editing. So that's kind of my rundown on the different types of series. So it was quite an in-depth. <laughs> like when I started getting into it, I was like, well, okay. <laughs> Very opinionated, apparently, on this topic. <laughs> How about you, Ashley? Well, I was, I kind of mentioned just before when I chimed in about your episodic one but for the serial and dynamic I agree that I think it depends on I guess the kind of writer you are and the kind of person that you are as well and I think it's okay not to know you're going to write a series until you finish your first book but I think before you begin the second one you should you should know whether it's going to be a series or maybe it's just going to be two books or maybe you're not going to write the second one at all (laughs) (laughs) because I think by that point you need to have even if you're pantsing some sort of vague idea where it's going so that you can start to which we'll talk about a little bit later so you can start to make sure that your book can fill in your plot in the end Um, and you're (laughs) not just randomly generating books that meander and make your reader bored so I think it's okay if you don't know when you start that you're going to write a series but I do think by the time you get to the end of that first book and maybe when you're about to write the second you should have a bit more of an idea about um, Mm -hmm. what's going on and it does really help you with planning and I think it also helps you with your mindset as well because like then you know all right no this is a series yeah I think it's okay not to know exactly how many books your series is going to be but I think knowing that you're embarking on a longer journey than you may have anticipated at the start is helpful. I agree. So that brings us to the next point, which is what 
do you think you should know about your series before you begin? So this is things like the overall plot. Do you need to know the characters? Do you need to know the number of books? Do you need to know the ending? What do we think are the key things to, I guess, have in mind before you begin writing? Sarah? (laughs) So you'll notice for this entire episode, I am very character focused. Um, (laughs) As we know, I love character. So um, let me say this every episode. We like character and you love theme and I love setting. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But so I think from the beginning, it helps to know where characters begin and where you want them to end, both in terms of the overall plot and their character development. Also to know whether the outline of the idea you have is going to be enough to support a series, especially if you have a particular number of books in mind. Strangely, the number of books isn't super important, I don't think, when you're considering a series or even just like a sequel. Like if, if you, you know, two, three, five, I don't think that really matters that much. But I do think for every book, you have to have one major plot problem and one major event the character has to work through. And here, <laughs> take note, it's not three or four major events or no major events it's one (laughs) like sure you can have little challenges that build up to like on the way to the major event but they shouldn't overshadow each other because that really means that you're trying to squeeze several books into one and you know we've talked about on this podcast before that you definitely do need that one major event because otherwise your book is literally about nothing I was going to say, we can talk from experience about the having more than one major event um, in a novel and then having to do a lot of reworking. Yeah, and being like, oh, the book needs to split here and go into like a new book. I think like for me, like if I'm outlining a series, I'm like, okay, what's a major, you know, plot point in this one? What's a major plot point in this one? And then like just thinking about like from the character right from the the beginning to right to the end of the series, like what flaws are they going to like tackle and overcome um, so that I can make sure the major plot points are like challenging those flaws, if that makes sense. That makes sense. And I guess you want to make sure that those flaws are, I was going to say flaw-y. <laughs> flaw-y, no. Because to hold up to a whole series because – um, you can't have a character with only like a few minor flaws uh, and then you have to suddenly give them more to like sustain it um, over the series. Yeah, I um, think if that makes any sense. I think you can can start out like <laughs> with a character that you maybe don't know or on like first look that they like don't necessarily seem to have like this particular flaw, but then like an event crops up that um, kind of exposes a flaw. I think you can kind of do that, but yeah, you you do need to make sure that they're, I'm trying to find a better word (laughs) than (laughs) flaw-y. Than (laughs) flaw-y. Well, I thought of it and I couldn't get past it. So now we've invented that word, which is terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. We call ourselves writers. I agree with your statements. I think it's important to know where you're going with your book because that's the one thing that frustrates me the most about series and when they just meander around. 
and you're yes. like when are yep. you getting to the point um and then sometimes you wonder I don't think the author knows what the point is and they're sort of floundering around <laughs> trying to yes. find their plot um or their overall plot I think the the plot of each specific book doesn't necessarily need to be you know set in stone and you don't 100% need to know what's going on from the beginning but I think you need to know the main goal uh, yeah. and where your series is going which probably means you also need to have some idea about the ending generally speaking mm-hmm. which then means you kind of need to have some idea of the fate of your characters as well and their growth or I guess if they die <laughs> they haven't grown <laughs> but you know what I mean yes um, but I'm aware you know, that things change throughout books while you write them. And we've experienced that too with our teen fiction series that, you know, sometimes things change a little bit, but that's okay. We still have know where it's going and things are still going to fit in. They just take a detour. Yeah, which is fine. It's totally fine. Detours are fine. Just, you know, so long as you've got that kind of end point, I reckon. Exactly. So the next thing I thought we could talk about are some tips we have for outlining and planning um, a series. So Sarah? I kind of mentioned this before. And so I don't think there's one set way of doing it. But again, this is what I like to do is consider point A, where the characters start, and point B, where they end, and then think about what would cause change from point A to point B and then develop the major events in between to be a focus for each novel which causes the change in the character in a progressive manner and so obviously like you know you have like an idea of the plot events but I'm like okay well how would these plot events um change the character like for the better and help them improve their flaws because obviously you're going to have some sort of conflict and some sort of something that's really challenging for the character to get through so you want to be like a developing an interesting plot but also be like keeping in mind that character development alongside the plot so that's kind of the way that I look at it and then you know spreading that out over the course of the series but again you know it does depend on the type of series you're creating uh for an interlinked series if a character is from the first book and if a character from the first book is leaping out at you asking to have their story written, why? What is important about this character and what is it that they want to say? <laughs> because, you know, and for both interlinked and dynamic series, having a good grasp on character really helps to plan the series. Well, at least I find that um, being very character focused, <laughs> I think, you know, other people might be very plot focused and be like, you don't need to know that. You know, you can develop a character to suit the plot, which is also true, but not really the way I like to do it. I was going to say, for the interlinked series, your comment about, like, you know, wanting to focus on a character reminds me of, you know, when you're in, like, primary school and there's that kid sitting on the mat with his head up, it's like, oh, pick me, pick me, pick me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's trying to stretch even higher. Yes, me, me. <laughs> and the teacher's, like, finally gives in and is like, okay. Okay. What Daniel. <laughs> I'm just like coming up with a random name. Daniel. What what is it that would you would like to say? Exactly. Sorry. They're like, well. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, but for episodic, you have to take a little bit of a different path. I, I would imagine I've never tried writing an episodic, but I would 
probably start by thinking about the type of job the character might have um, or what their overall, in quotation marks, mission is. Because um, I feel like the thing with episodic is they always have like a mission, like an underlying mission of like, so they have a mission in each book, like, you know, solve this or solve X, Y, or Z. But it's usually like an underlying mission of like, I don't know, like, you know, I feel like Clive Custler's is like save the world. <laughs> or um, Jack Reacher, it's just like get back to status quo because he always has like random stuff happen and he's like, oh, now I've got to deal with this. <laughs> And, and he gets, like, really annoyed at, like... Earn his reputation back in most murder mysteries because it's a disgraced cop who needs to solve the crimes and get his reputation back. Either trying to get back to status quo or, like, um, you know, trying to do, like, one particular thing or, like, abide by their... Like, their values don't change, but their values might drive their mission. So, like, they they might be a really high moral values and see something wrong with the world that they've got to try and fix kind of thing. So, you know, like finding out what the job is and what their kind of values are so that you can then develop like a mission for each book. And the other thing is that each book must support like a new story idea. So having plenty of events and interesting plot ideas lined up for those types of series, I think is kind of essential. How about you, Ashley? I was going to say, you summed that up very well. <laughs> and I don't have... <laughs> I don't know why, but I had like... All, it all came together to me this morning when I was like looking at the outline. I was like, ah, oh, like, series. You're like, I can do this. Less so than last week. Like, I was kind of, you know, floating along with the kind of... Did a little bit of research last week to kind of help me out. But this week I'm like, no, I've got this. <laughs> Well, I'll just add a little bit to what you've said, um, mostly on character. I think you did a good job uh, explaining about how, you know, to keep in mind where you want to end up and kind of filling in the blanks. But I'll add a couple practical tips in that I have used recently. So, well, we have used. So one, I think character sheets for series are very valuable, especially for the first couple books mm -hmm. when you're writing. This is them. true. Yeah. Um, when you don't quite know your characters 100% um, <laughs> yeah. and you really need to make sure you nail down that backstory and don't, you know, accidentally muck it up um, in the second book when you're revisiting it or whatever it is. So that'd be number one. And number two, which is what I've been doing for our ancient Greece book because there's so many characters, is I've been keeping a running list of characters as we create them and they pop up just with a little blurb about who they are and why they're basically like why we've included them. Um, yeah one because we have so many characters and two I'm hoping that at the end when I go back I might be able to make you know like eliminate some of them and maybe make them the same person to reduce the number of characters mm, that we have smart um and also so then that helps us you know for the twisty turnies in the rest of the books if we have more books we can reuse some of these characters that have already cropped up and not have to make new ones so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> those are a couple tips I think to uh that you can use when you're writing your series that might help you out or at least I found them helpful so that leads us to something we've both mentioned a little bit already endings and we know that they're important in any novel and 
I think we should have a little bit of a discussion about the importance of the ending of a series and what we think it should achieve. And I guess why they might be just a little bit more important uh, than um, the other endings in your series. So, Sarah? Yeah, so, you know, like with the other endings in your series, they're not quite as, not as much hangs on them because the readers know that they're coming back for more and they're like, oh, well, they haven't answered this, but that's kind of okay because maybe they're going to lead into something in the next book. Um, So if you don't fully answer all the questions, then that's, that's fine. And people continue coming back to find the answers to those questions. But a satisfying ending for the series is really important because that your readers have waited a very long time. And the farther (laughs) the readers travel with you, the more they expect that perfect ending. A lot of pressure. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, you know, if you've got, like, I don't know, a three-book series or something and your ending isn't 100% perfect, well, readers might be like, ah, well, that was kind of a little bit of a letdown, but I'll live with it. Whereas if you have, like, I don't know, a seven-book series and the ending is not satisfying, then readers are going to be like, what? (laughs) I've read, like, these thousands and thousands of pages and, you know, the promise just didn't come through. (laughs) So, like... Because the more time the reader invests, the more they expect that promise to be fulfilled, basically. And um, I've got an example of this. It's not a book, and I've mentioned it before. (laughs) But the How I Met Your Mother TV show. Oh, my gosh. Spoiler alert to this, guys. So if you haven't watched it and you want to, well, (laughs) just be aware that you can pause it here and then, like, jump in later. But just be aware that, the ending is not very satisfying. Um, no. <laughs> so it was a great fun show to watch, but it had this really bizarre and poor ending. So it had a number of seasons. So, you know, you get quite invested because it's a, it's a lot of watching. And then by the time you get to the end, which is supposed to be this giant reveal of, you know, how, you know, the character actually met the mother. <laughs> Like, it's in the title, guys. Um, <laughs> Answering the question. Well, Yeah. They, like, did a really brief kind of thing where they did kind of show how the character met, you know, their wife, which happened to be the kid's mother. But then it was, like, really briefly, like, summed up within, like, one or two episodes and, like, quickly shoved aside for, like, this other part of the plot line and these other two characters were brought together from the series who didn't really feel like they fit either. And so it felt like they hadn't planned the ending at all and it just got a bit lost with the overall plot line. And Sp- <laughs> I was going to say, speaking of lost, that's another series with a poorly planned ending. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I haven't actually watched the ending of Lost. I oh, got no. like halfway through and then just kind of gave up on it. But anyways... Side note, although it's not fully related to the first series, I was just going to say that the new show of How I Met Your Father, that series, even though it's not fully related, it's kind of the first show put me off watching it. 
So my trust as a viewer has been officially lost. Oh, same. My husband <laughs> and I, we were like, oh, how I met your father. We're like, no, it might like disappoint us as much as how I met your mother did. So won't be yeah. watching that. So um, you can expect the same to happen unless you have a really satisfying ending for your novels, for your for a series, I, I think. I agree. Um, <laughs> well, no, I, so my husband and I actually started watching How I Met Your Mother again. Didn't get very far because we were then like, oh, but that ending. <laughs> uh, so haven't we watched like the first six episodes and then we're like, mm, don't want to invest in this. No, because we know how disappointing it is. And then I was like, oh, James, we should watch Lost because I loved Lost up until the last season. Um, and then <laughs> it has one of the most... Uh, mm, I don't know which is worse, ending-wise, to be honest. But Lost kind of put themselves in a corner because there wasn't a lot they could do with what they had put into the series. Like, they made it too wild and <laughs> So there wasn't a lot of options. Oh, dear. So I was like, James, we should watch. We should start watching Lost again. Because, however, the first, like, four seasons won so many awards because it was so good. And then James is like, I can't do it. The ending. <laughs> too disappointing. So... I think that kind of satis- uh not satisfies, that kind of sums up, um, you know, why ending of series is important. I guess <laughs> yes. also um, for that third or final book of your series, you're kind of doing, I guess it's like a double ending, right? You have an ending for the book and also ending the series. So it's kind of like mm. ending squared. This is a good point. So you've got like double pressure for the final double book. Double pressure. <laughs> It's like, sorry guys, just hate to, you know, put more stress on you, but that final ending. (laughs) Extra important. (laughs) Wrap up the book and the series and all the characters have to be, you know, nicely developed to where the readers are Well, I feel like you could probably leave, yeah, like like a side character or something um, could probably be not fully answered and then you could have like a companion series or something but like your main questions certainly need to be answered yes. for the full series yeah um and for the final question i thought we could switch to i guess a more practical topic uh, for when you're publishing series and which i find quite enjoyable uh, so i thought we could have a little bit of a chat about our opinions on the titles and cover art for series um Sarah well I didn't really think too hard about like specific titles being related I guess but I did think about like the font choice more and like cover art Mm -hmm. so I think they definitely need to have some thread that links them all together so at the very least having you know the same font style and the same style of artwork is important like if you had a series that had like a cartoon on one and then a photo-based picture for the next book in the series, I would not think they were two books in the same series. And, you know, likewise with fonts, you know, like I think that the fonts especially are essential and it makes a big difference in pulling anything that's different about the covers together. I think it's really important to indicate to the reader that it's a continuation from the first book in the series because they expect to see some common element that links the covers together, just as they would expect the same set of characters or a link from the first book. 
So personally, I would question the author's credibility and professionalism if the covers were wildly off. Um, it can be really easy to incorporate the next book in the series just by switching up one element. Like you could change colors, but still have the same element, e.g. if you had like silhouettes on the first um, or maybe like a recurring object that could be like it doesn't have to be exactly the same, but, you know, like you could have like one object that is like placed different or like has a different spin on it. If you get my meaning, but like, you know, still has like something that's different about each cover, but has this link that runs through it. Or, you know, you could keep the same color. So, you know, in that case, the color becomes a little bit of the link, but then change the the element or the object. And yeah, as I said, the same font is essential and that can Definitely. help a lot <laughs> Yes, in making it look like a series. <laughs> How about you, Ashley? Oh, I definitely agree. You need something that looks, uh, that looks, that links all of the books together, like you've said, whether it's color or somehow even like the mood. I don't know how to explain it. But you know, yeah, I, I like, struggle yeah, to explain it. <laughs> the mood, whatever, however your wonderful cover designer does it. Um, and definitely the font is important because you want your reader to instantly recognize that it's part of a series. And I don't even know how it happens, but even when I've like, you know, looked in the library and picked up a book and I'm like, and it's just one book in there. I'm like, this is part of a series. I know it. <laughs> yeah, this is, this yeah, is, this is definitely point. part of a series, but clearly the other books in it are out or whatever. And you're like, I don't know what it is, but so usually you can tell when you pick up a book, hey, this is. I don't even know what that is either. Maybe no, it... but you can usually tell. Sometimes I think um, wording for titles can also help with that. Because I think like, it's not just because it says part two on it or like a second book yeah (laughs) aside from that like I think there are certain styles of of books that you especially if you read in a genre like you know take for example the young adult fiction genre but like recently there's been a lot of um like psychological thriller ones I've noticed that like the titles for those are a little bit longer, for example, and they're usually like standalones. Whereas, you know, when you have a series, it's usually like, it's just like formatted different so that you can kind of tell it's part of a series. I don't know whether that makes sense. Well, I definitely agree because I've written um, for titles that they all usually link together somehow, whether it's the length or, you know, sometimes they'll do something like the first book's called like, rebirth and the second book's called like regrowth or like you know things like that where they all link together I think that's a really good way to do your series and I guess we're following a similar trend like all of ours have fairly lengthy titles but I think you can tell from their lengthy-ish titles that they all go together I also think like you know again this is kind of genre dependent but I think the series you can kind of tell from sometimes the f- like f- more photo ones, like depending on what the focus of the photo is, I feel like more scenery in the photo rather than like an element or like a figure or something like to focus on kind of trends more towards like a standalone versus mm-hmm. a series. Mm-hmm. So I think like there's really, you can get quite, 
detailed about telling the differences but there are there are differences and yeah you can kind of tell when you pick up a book like you say whether it's part of a series just by those differences and it's hard to put your finger on until you start like really pulling it apart but there definitely (laughs) are differences maybe there's some graphic designers out there who can tell us the magical answer as to why this phenomenon occurs (laughs) (laughs) yeah anyways uh that kind of brings us to the end of our conversation about series was there anything else you wanted to add sarah uh nope nope i think we've covered it very well excellent this episode excellent um so i guess that brings us to mistakes of the month if anyone has any unfortunately i don't have any i've just been well going through um price of pandemonium and haven't really found any mistakes or big mistakes that are amusing enough um what about you sarah I didn't have any from like any work that we've been doing because obviously, um, as we said last week, we haven't been writing a lot because of other events occurring in our lives. But I did, I'm part of a mother's group and I'll shout out to if anyone's listening because I know one of my mother mother's group friends was going to have a listen to some of our podcasts. But <laughs> this hilarious conversation occurred and I'm gonna like alter it slightly Um, but basically one of the other mother's babies had a bit of a tumble um and with his his walker because he's been up with his walker and (laughs) so everyone was kind of like you know oh his poor little face and one of them had the worst autocorrect situations where they said oh poor little guy but look at him go he's gonna be cursing in no time (laughs) and the mother of this child said ha 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 I hope you mean cruising not cursing if his first word word was f word I'm not gonna say it on our podcast uh that would be bad (laughs) so I just commented (laughs) gotta love autocorrect (laughs) Because that was a very clear autocorrect mistake, but it was it was amazing. <laughs> oh, actually, I do have a hilarious um, mistake that I did. I texted my dad. Um, we went to Field Days, which is like a big agricultural show, and my dad was wondering what um, we were going to do for dinner. So I sent him a message. I was like, oh, we can make burgers, and then we can go get fried at the fish and chip shop instead of fries. <laughs> And Dad was like, ha ha, get fried. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Sounds like you're having a wild night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh dear. That's funny. Um, anyway, shall we wrap this up then? Yes. So um, if you would like to be on our author spotlight section, you can go to our website at lindersoncreations.com, hover your mouse over the podcast tab in the main menu, and you'll find a link to be featured on Dear Writer. And next time on Dear Writer, it is another one of our creative exercise episodes, and we're going to have a look at character personality quizzes, which I think is going to be pretty fun. Yes. Um, and so if you would like to know more about us and our writing projects, you can visit us at lindersoncreations.com or contact us on Facebook or Instagram under the handle Lindison Creations. 
And if you enjoy the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts uh, or subscribe on your podcatcher of choice. Tell your friends about us and we'll be back next week. Happy writing, everyone. Thank you.